Hey there, fight fans. Welcome to the SB Nation MMA post-fight show for UFC on ESPN2, brought to you by BloodyElbow.com and MMAMania.com. I'm your host, as always, Flying Brian J, and with me, as usual, the guys from the six-round post-fight show, Super Black Fabio uh, and Major Zane Simon. So, guys, we've been talking about, uh, like, the last four fight cards. They've kind of sucked. The prelims sucked in the main event save the damn thing and tonight it was extra special because justin the fucking highlight gaethje went out there and did justin gaethje shit and it was fantastic zane did that main event live up to your hype because edson barbosa versus justin gaethje was just hyped to the gills but did it live up to it i mean i can't pretend i'm disappointed it would have been fun if it had been a little more back and forth and been a more of a war where like Gagey's slowly breaking Barboza down. Barboza's having these huge moments to come back to come back and make something out of it. But I'm not going to be sad about watching Gagey knock somebody out totally cold with two hard right hands. I mean, we really got to start like we we got to get start naming naming an award after Justin Gagey or something like the Heisman, where it's you know like it's my, just most, it's, a, it's a statue with an overhand right. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, the post-fight bonus is now named after Justin Gaethje. Yeah, yeah. Winning yeah. Gaethje. The you know? <laughs> I mean, he's been in the UFC. This is, was his uh, one, two, fifth fight. He has six post-fight bonuses. I, I'm assuming he's going to get one for that performance. Yeah, I got to assume so, too. And he's been main event on, what, like, every time? Has he... As, when was he... He's been... Uh, he was co... Oh, I guess he wasn't main event against Eddie Alvarez... But every other time, other than two, UFC 218, he's been the main event in his entire UFC career. For a reason. For a great yeah, reason. I mean, the best reason. It, it's a te- it, there's no greater testament to maybe delay your, UFC, your entry to the UFC a bit and then get to the big show when you're like at your peak performance than a dude like Justin Gagey who walks out of the World Series of Fighting and right into pure main event headline status with the UFC. And with like leverage, you know, because mm-hmm. he, he had an awesome contract with the, the WSOF where he was getting paid, you know, like an extra 10 grand for every fight. And it was just this building pyramid kind of thing. And then so it's like, I'm not going to the UFC unless you're going to pay me, you know, more than what I'm making here. Yeah, I think he was making at least 60 and 60 when he was at the end of his World Series of Fighting contract, maybe even like 100 or something. Yeah, I think it was 80-80 when it was all said and done, which is 80, fucking 80, great because he wasn't losing and he wasn't fighting guys of this caliber. So yeah. it was a pretty sweet gig for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like how he, he didn't even change anything up. It's like, uh-huh. I'm fucking Justin Gaethje and you have to deal with me or you're going to lose. Yeah. Well, you know, being a pure pressure fighter like that was ju- is just the right way to approach Edson Barboza. So nothing he had to change. Yeah. I was a little yeah. surprised, though, that he came out there and he's like, here's a leg kick, Edson. And then Edson kicks him back. And then he's like, here's a fucking another leg kick, Edson. And they just kept like doing the same thing back and forth. I thought that was a little dangerous of him, but also the cojones on him. While it was happened- very, very Muay Thai-esque of them. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, it's I I mean, it tells you a whole shitload about how boss Justin Gagey is that he won that leg kick battle. You know, before the knockout came up, they're talking about, look how red Edson Barboza's leg is. How how often have you ever heard anybody talk about a leg kick battle with Edson Barboza and be like, look at how red Barboza's leg is? Never happens. Yeah. And Gagey was moving him, too, with those leg yeah. kicks. Like, 
That, it was crazy. It was so yeah. crazy. And like Gaethje, he rocked him early and then p- kind of poked him in the eye, which was unfortunate. But credit to Barbosa for, for just fighting through it and not, you know, trying to overly sell it or try to look for a way out or look for a break. He just he was like, fuck it. Ref ain't calling it. Cool. We're just going to keep fighting. And uh, man, Barbosa thought he was safe. He thought he was, oh, I could circle out. I'm good. And Gaethje's just like, oh, you want to circle out? Okay, I can leap in and cover that same sort of distance with this fucking massive right hand. Let's see if that yeah. works out. Oh shit, yeah. it did. And and he was out before he hit the ground. You know? Yeah. And that's why I'm wearing these sunglasses, because so much fucking fire happened, I gotta protect Ooh. my retinas. There you go. It was it was a very similar um knockout against the fence as Gaethje hit James Vick with. So back to back. Um guy skirting on the edge of the fence, knocked him out. What do you guys think, Zane, what do you think's next for Justin Gaethje? In his post-fight interview, he kind of said the UFC, it's it's bullshit um, that Donald Cerrone's ahead of him in the rankings. And I know that you fucking put Justin Gaethje out there versus Sack of Potatoes, and we are going to be all about it. It'll be the main event of the card. But still, this guy could possibly have title hopes in his future. What do you think's next for him? Well, I mean, it's still going to be tough for him. It's, there's no real title hopes for anyone right now. I mean, Dustin Poirier is having to fight Max fucking Holloway because Khabib Nurmagomedov is like, nah, thanks, I'll just sit out and wait until the fall, until my suspension's up, because I hate... I, 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 I There's nobody less suited to an anti-bullying campaign than Khabib Nurmagomedov <laughs> is going to roll up with 14 dudes on you in a hotel room and ask you why you've been saying shit about him on Twitter. Like... You know, there's no title hope for anybody right now. So, I I mean, I assume he's just going to pass Cerrone off this win in the rankings. The UFC rankings aren't that meaningful anyway. And then, you know, he's unfortunately, like, maybe the winner of Cerrone Iaquinta would be, like, the fight he's going to get next. I mean, I don't know that they would that he would necessarily have any more leverage than anyone else to get, like, the winner of Poirier Holloway if we don't know what Khabib's future looks like. But I imagine that, you know, the UFC's trying to line that Holloway-Poirier up for a matchup with either Connor, assuming that he doesn't stay retired and that he doesn't get thrown in jail for rape. And, or, you know, like, there's just... There's no real defined future for anyone in that division right now waiting for your top your champion and your biggest draw to just figure their fucking lives out yeah i'd love to be able to say that we could get nate diaz in there with the justin gaethje that not come on yeah i know he's fucking he's basically he should say he's retired like his brother um yeah you mentioned something in there that i've wanted to talk to you guys for for a week i know this is the post fight show but eddie do you think Conor McGregor's actually retired? Yeah, 100% currently. I feel like he is 100% <laughs> retired, and he may be ineligible for USADA testing because of that. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's he's retired. Will he stay retired, though? Yeah, that's the real question. I don't, I don't know. know. I, he hasn't, I don't think anybody's reported that he's out of the USADA pool yet, but I, de- I bet he's definitely retired until this whole rape trial clears up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the smart move. Um, yeah, I'd, I just think he's uh, there's too much shit going on in the background for him to just stay in the public eye. So I think he's just going to let his proper 12 commercials run and do his PR for him. And he's going to handle this shit privately. And he'll come back when the money's right and something makes sense. And, 
You know, he's kind of been like saying, oh, whoever wants it, let's get it. And it's like, there's like a couple action fights that would be cool, like a Pettis and a Cerrone or, you know, anything like that. But they're not like, they're not like crazy super fights that you're expecting from Conor McGregor. They're not like that sort of epic kind of draw. So like, I'm not surprised if he doesn't want that shit. It's probably not worth the money. So like, I think he's just going to be away for a while and letting things cool down and pick his shot wisely. He might even end up in a boxing ring. Like who fucking, he might end up bare knuckle boxing. Like we don't fucking know. He's not going to end up bare knuckle boxing. The UFC would never, if he wanted to fight again, there's no way he does it outside of a UFC ring. No matter how he wants to do it. The UFC's mm-hmm. not never letting him out of that contract. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's go back to the UFC on ESPN two. Zane, what is your either what the fuck of the card or just a shining moment beyond the main event? I mean, I, I want to – there but there were three or four just ridiculous late comebacks in this on this card. But honestly, the one I really want to call out is fucking Jack Hermanson submitting Dave Branch just like in a heartbeat. That, to me, blows my fucking mind. I mean, I know that Dave Branch hasn't put all the best results up in, in his UFC career, but – the dude is a legit top shelf grappler and like grinding wrestler and for you know his only loss his only submission loss in his entire career is a knee bar to Husamar Palharis that was a long time ago yeah and for Hermanson to just go out and like insta tap him that that's some wild shit what's super wild to me is not just the result of that fight but Dave Branch goes from knocking out Tiago Mejeta Santos to getting finished by Jared Cannonier and then submitting to Jack Hermanson. That's that is a huge drop off. I well, I mean Tiago Santos at middleweight wasn't any better than Jack Hermanson or Jared Cannonier. Like he was a cool ass middleweight and he he beat Jack Hermanson, but he was a wild like weird mess of a fighter in that division. Yeah, I mean he kind of t- always skating the top fifteen. Losing to, like, Eric Spicely type of thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of that setup that Jack Hermanson put on for that guillotine? The the knee sliding in to get the arm in guillotine? That was fucking gorgeous. Oh, yeah. It was all really pretty. It was just... It was gorgeous work from Jack Hermanson. I just couldn't believe it. I would never pick Jack Hermanson by submission over Dave Branch. If I had to call that fight a hundred times. And, like, Branch legit didn't see it coming. Like, yeah. he had no idea he was caught. Like, he had yeah. none. And he was like, oh, I can, I mean, this dude's in half guard? Like, what? Like, I'm good here. Like, I can just sit here and, like, nothing's wrong. And then it's like, oh, shit, I can't fucking breathe. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, it was crazy, dude. That, that was a flawless victory. I don't know if Branch even landed a single blow or anything. Yeah. Not I, a good I, look. I could, I could look it up if we were real quick about it. But Eddie, what is your what the fuck or shining shining star of the card? Um, how about the, all the decisions on the fucking prelims? What the fuck? And the, and the only <laughs> finish we got came from the guy who's never had a finish in the UFC. Just that was so what the fuck for me. Like, yeah, Death Green getting that TKO. It's his first TKO to do to actual strikes and not a doctor stoppage since 2015. And at that point, it's like one of three on his entire record or four on his entire record of 30 fights 
I didn't know he had it in him. <laughs> yeah, Pearson too. Like that's the thing. Is somebody t- was talking to me during the while I was running the Twitter, and they're like, "Yeah, but who hasn't finished Ross Pearson?" It's like you realize fi- Ross Pearson's only lost five fights in his entire career by stoppage. Yeah, he's tough. Like he he got knocked out by Dan Hooker. That was the first time he'd been lo- he he had a stoppage loss since his 2014 loss to Ally Quinta. That is a long time in between stoppages, but he does have a shitload of miles on oh. him. Oh, yeah, yeah he, no, 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 no doubt, but it's just, it's amazing how rarely that, uh, honestly, that Ross Pearson gets finished for how often you think you've seen him hurt. Right. That's yeah. true. What's interesting, this is a, a completely useless fact, but March is really good to Desmond Green and Paul Craig. So Desmond Green's last uh, doctor stoppage happened in March of 2016, and Paul Craig got that Hail Mary a triangle choke on uh, Magomed Ankalaev last March. Just fucking get these guys in some March cards. March madness for, for these guys. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I can let you go so you can get on the six-round post-fight show if you'd like, Zane. All right. Thank you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at TheZaneSign. You can find Eddie on Twitter at TheEddieMercado. We'll have the sixth round dropping tomorrow for everybody. That'll be over on Bloody Elbow Presents. You can find that on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. We'll be good. We'll be there. So subscribe, give our shows a like, all that, listen to us, whatever, and check us out over at BloodyElbow.com. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Eddie, if you're staying for that tiny little bit here at the end. I am. Uh, Last thing I want to talk to you about. So normally you do the thing where like there were five finishes. I'll give it a five out of ten. There were five finishes tonight, but was it, this was better than a ten or a five out of ten, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I'm just mad I had to watch the prelims. If you could just snip out the prelims, this is this is a ten. This is a fucking ten. But you, the prelims exist, so we'll deduct. I'll deduct one point because the finishes we got, one punch knockouts, you know, under a minute submission of a black belt. You know, uh, Paul Craig's Hail Mary, like, that's cool. That's fun shit. So, and Michelle Waterson did her thing. I love Michelle Waterson, so. So do I. Oh, do you, okay, I'll let you go. But uh, do you think Michelle Waterson's getting a title shot? I hope so. I'm such a mark for her. She's awesome. She's a sweetheart. Uh, real quick before I go, I cut my hair off and donated it to Wigs for Kids. So if anyone out there wants to donate their hair, I recommend Wigs for Kids because they do not charge the children for the wig itself. So go with them. And uh, no, no UFC or Bellator next week, but Spartaca Fight League, you can catch me commentating their event. You can watch it on fight.tv. It's the local fight promotion here in Norfolk, Virginia. So check it out. I'll be commentating a lot of great fights, title fights, a lot of up-and-coming talent that you might be uh, seeing on the big stage in the near future. So tune in. That's very commendable, Eddie. I, I appreciate you doing that for the kids. That's Got to. That's awesome. I started liking my hair too much, so I had to get rid of it. You look. You still just, look fantastic, my dude. Oh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. But I will talk to you not next weekend, but the one after that. Sounds great. We'll be UFC two thirty six. Yeah. That's gonna be a hell of a fight card. All right. See you later, All buddy. Take care. All right, fight fans. You know the drill. For the rest of this show, you guys are my co-host. As I, Flying Brian J, recap the rest of the action that we didn't get to cover with Zane Simon and the Eddie Mercado. My first question to you guys is what post-fight rating, like I asked Eddie, would you give this entire night of fights? 1 to 10, with 10 being basically UFC 189, UFC 199, UFC 205, that sort of thing. How good was UFC on ESPN2? I would give it 
Um, a 10 out of 10, and here's why. The last few weeks, I've been really negative Nancy when it comes to these fight cards because, damn it, there's a ton of decisions. Like last week, we only had four finishes. This week, we only had five finishes. There are a lot of fights that I don't give a shit about, you know? Um, there's no name value. There's no, like, title shots on the line. There's none of that shit going on. So I feel like I've been a curmudgeon a little bit. So I'm grading on a... On a sliding scale and I'm giving it a 10 out of 10 because I love Justin Gaethje I met him last year in Lincoln when he knocked out James Vick he's a fantastic fucking dude he's so fun to watch and to, to get that finish in the first round was awesome the three finishes that ended the night Michelle Watterson's performance was pretty damn good and the Paul Craig Hail Mary submission was fucking great so I'm giving it a 10 out of 10 I know it's a sliding scale but whatever man Marcus McGay he gave it a 7.5 Logan a 6 uh, Josh Sanchez said a uh, he only saw the main card. He's going to give it a seven and a half. Simon Amorim, six and a half. Aaron Rabbitle, a rabbit, seven. Solid card, nothing too special. Rob Amon, an eight. H Money, the boxing voice, gave it a ten. Randy gave it a seven. Otto gave it a seven out of ten. Dave Kula from Lesbo and the Bean gave it a Paid almost zero attention to the last three fights, so from what I cared about, eight and a half. Logan, a six. Matt Colvin, eight, eight point three. Uh, Frank Ramirez, seven. Made kill all, uh, seven and seven point three. Dean Simons, a ten. Ha. Huh. Made kill said everyone I liked got tapped or KO'd. Um, Priam, Alam. Alemian, I'm sorry, I've butchered your voice. Saw the main card, eight and a half. All right, so let's talk about um, Josh Emmett versus Michael Johnson. I think we covered Jack Hermanson versus David Branch and Justin Gaethje versus Edson Barbosa pretty good. So let's move down to that fight. Uh, it was not that good right up until it was fucking amazing. the The first two rounds and, and the first uh, fourteen minutes were. Both guys throwing a lot of feints. Josh Emmett, you know, changing his level with his shoulders and stuff, trying to come in with hooks like he like he did, like like he always does, like a team alpha male type of thing. You know, leap in with the overhand right, try to get a takedown, try to get in close. And Michael Johnson throwing his one-two from the southpaw stance, and the two often would land, and he was um, the one that was using the more mobility, skirting away from the big overhands of Josh Emmett. And even in between round two and three, I think it was, Michael Johnson's corner was like, hey, man, you're leading this dance. Keep leading this fucking dance. You got this. Five more minutes, man. Keep leading the dance. And then with 30, uh, 46 seconds to go, Josh Emmett, overhand right. Bam. Spit went flying out of the mouth of Michael Johnson. Like the slow-mo camera caught. It was fucking huge loogie. And then he slowly tips over like a tree being cut down in the middle of a forest by a lumberjack. And then when the they replayed it and when he when his body hit the fucking canvas it was loud as shit in the post fight interview Josh Emmett just said dude I've had a couple of knockouts in the UFC now I, I've not had a bonus give me a fucking bonus Dana White of course he didn't curse or anything like that but wowzers uh, that was an incredible knockout for Josh Emmett in a fight he was losing right up until that right hand had him win he was kind of upset with Michael Johnson after the fact because Michael said that he doesn't have knockout power in his hands obviously he does because he knocked out Michael Johnson what's next for each respective guy Rob Amon says 
that Johnson sh- could possibly be cut. I don't think he's going to be cut, but he is on – actually, he just beat Andre Feely and Artem Lobov back-to-back fights, and uh, those last two were in the like latter portion of 2018. This is a loss tonight. I think that he'll take it in stride. Maybe he will stay at 145 pounds, but I can't remember who tweeted it. Maybe it was a Mookie Alexander from Bloody Elbow said that, here's a telling fact. The most successful person to drop that went from 155 pounds to 145 pounds was, uh, oh my God. Why am I blanking on the dude's name? I haven't even drank yet today. I'm blanking on the dude's name. I'll get it. Just one second. Just a second here. Stalling. Playing the stalling game. We're stalling. And Kenny Florian is the most successful person to, to drop that weight class. Go from 155 to 145 pounds. So that's telling. I don't think Michael Johnson should stay at this weight. I think he should go back uh, to 155 pounds. He missed weight in his last time out against Artem Lobov. Um... You know, he's his speed, he's got a pretty fast hands. I think it'll behoove him to go back where he's more durable at 155 pounds. But let's move down on the fight card. Michelle Watterson versus Karolina Kovalkovich or Kovalkevich or however you want to say her last name. One what-the-fuck moment of the card could have been... Oh, shit, I forgot. What's next for Josh Emmett? Josh Sanchez says Emmett versus the Korean Zombie. I, that sounds like a fucking great idea. I love that. Also, uh, Rob Amon, I think, suggested Yair El Pantera Rodriguez. Both of those are fucking great. Um, would work out really, really well. Because Rodriguez is coming off that Hail Mary, maybe not Hail Mary, but last second upward elbow from the bent over position knockout of the Korean zombie. Uh, Dave Kula said Frankie Edgar. Oh, Frankie Edgar more successful than Kenny at 145. Okay, good point, Dave. Anyway, the the tale of it is I don't think Michael Johnson should stay at 145. I think he should go back to 155. Josh Emmett against either El Pantera or the Korean Zombie. Fucking love it. Let's move on to Michelle the Karate Hottie Watterson versus Karolina Kovalkovich. One what the fuck of the evening could have been when... Bruce Buffer pronounced Kovalkiewicz. He said, Kovalkiewicz or something. I'm like, what? I've never heard that pronunciation. The guys in the booth don't say it like that. I don't know what the hell you're doing, Bruce Buffer. Also, Bruce's suit looked fucking hideous tonight. Um, But Michelle Watterson, she's known as the Karate Hottie. But I think it was um, Daniel Levy from Half the Battle, Best Fight Picks on Twitter said, the jujitsu hottie because like every one of her wins that that was a finish in the UFC is a submission and like tonight she used her grappling and control game on the ground takedowns and grappling overall to get the win over Kavalkovich. sure her lead leg stomped to the thigh and some jab and switch stances she was actually hitting Kavalkovich with some solid right hands when uh, Carolina would move in close. She got her with quite a few right hands, kind of reddened the eyes up of Carolina. But what really got her the victory was uh, a head and arm throw in the second round, which then she got inside control and then controlled the rest of the round from that position, uh, looking for an arm bar at the very end of the round. And also in the third round, she went with a 
a single leg high crotch dump, which was really, really beautiful. So for a girl that's named the Karate Hottie, her wrestling and grappling overall was, it's a delight to watch, really. She, of course, said in the post fight that she wants a title shot. She wants that gold. She wants to be the first mother who, who at, like, champion and mom at the same time. You know, Misha Tate now is a kid, and she's a former champion, but she didn't have a, a kid while she was champion. Michelle Watterson wants to be simultaneous mom and champion. Um, I don't think that should be the case. Right now, we've got Tatiana Suarez booked against uh, Nina Anserov. I don't know which fight card it's on, but that fight is for the for a chance at the belt, in my opinion, because I think Tatiana Suarez is going to be the champion. Um, and right now we've got Thug Rose versus uh, Jessica Andraj, Jessica Andraj, as the main event of UFC 237 for the women's strawweight title. Of course, uh, Thug Rose is the champion. One reason beyond why I think that um, Michelle should not get the title shot, I think because she already lost to and pretty convincingly to Thug Rose. Um, in May of 17, I think. Um, so I don't, like, there's no reason to run that fight back. And I think she'd just get fucking blasted by Jessica Andrade. The Karate Hottie is small for 115 pounds. And Jessica Andrade came down to 115 from 135. I think that'd be just terrible news for her. So instead, what I would like to see Michelle Watterson do is maybe fight the loser of Suarez versus Anserov, or um, I could see her in a fight against Ioani and Jacek. It, it'd be a very similar matchup. Um, you know, Karolina Kovalkovic and Ioani and Jacek, they're very similar in their style. They've got good takedown defense. And then if Karate Hadi wins that fight, I don't think you can deny her a, a title shot if she beats the former champion in Ioani and Jacek. So I think that's what should be next, not an immediate title shot after this fight. But keep calling for it, Karate Hottie. Um, I'd, I'd like to see it someday. <clears throat> but like Priam Alemian says, uh, maybe down for a Suarez versus Andrade scrap. That'd be fucking great the power of Andrade, the wrestling that she has, and then the wrestling of Tatiana Suarez uh, would make for a really fun bout to watch. But let's keep moving down. Paul Craig versus Kennedy Njukwu. Njukwu. Enzech. Enzech uh, wasn't even doing that well at range on Paul Craig. Where the, That's where they, he should have had the... He should have had the most of the advantage. Josh Sanchez is a stand for the Karate Hottie. Josh Sanchez, there's there's no one that I want to see fight for a UFC title more than Watterson right now because he's a stan. She, she she's awesome. Have you ever heard Michelle Watterson uh, do her mother's accent, her mother's Asian accent? I don't know. I don't. I don't know what of descent she is. That's I don't want to seem insensitive. But anyway, she imitates her mother's accent, and it's pretty hilarious. Um, and she does a lot of funny stuff on her Instagram page and everything like that. She's a fun person. But the Paul Craig versus Njuku fight, it was Paul Craig shooting in on takedowns, not getting them, and Njuku uh, 
Travis Brown elbowing him, getting a lot of ground and pound strikes in from even guard, and just beating him up once Paul Craig would initiate the grappling sequences. And I thought, why is Paul Craig even initiating these grappling sequences? He's winning in a distance kickboxing fight. The reason why he was initiating those, those clinches and the grappling, pulling guard even, was because of how dangerous he is off of his back. Uh, Kennedy went to get out of the guard, but Paul had one arm, one, one wrist control, pulled him back in, locked up the triangle. Kennedy tapped, like, pretty quickly, actually. And then protested. And it's like, dude, you clearly tapped probably like six to seven times. So there's really no reason to protest the stoppage. I already said it, it was fucking crazy to me. Two marches in a row, Paul Craig pulls off a Hail Mary submission when he's down two rounds with 40 seconds or less to go in the fight. Insane. That guy uh, could easily be on a four-fight losing streak, on a five-fight losing streak, if it weren't for these last-second Hail Mary fucking submission attempts. And he said he wants to work his way toward a title shot someday, I think, even though his... his um, Scottish accent is so fucking thick like it's very viscous but here he is um, maybe going to get himself the th a third post fight bonus in his UFC career instead of getting cut on a five fight losing streak what do we got some argument going uh, jo uh, yeah Michelle Watterson does Master Yaya. Christopher. Okay, there's Christopher in the comment section is saying that Gaethje cheated against Michael Johnson, Poirier, Eddie, and Edson. Uh, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. I don't think he did. And uh, I love... Justin Gaethje, so we're sticking with that. Moving down, Sadiq Yusuf versus uh, Shaman Marais. Yusuf won, unanimous decision. I didn't pay that much attention to it. it, it like, I, I was watching it, and then it seemed like a sparring match, kind of, and I know I'm going to get some hate in the comment section for that. I just, I wasn't intrigued by it. There didn't seem to be any ebbs, any flows, and the commentators kept talking about... June... My moderator, thank you so much, June. She's a fantastic uh, co-worker, teammate. The Karate Hottie is Thai-American, third or fourth generation Americanized, is what the interweb says. But anyway, she does a funny accent. It's, it's, she's hilarious. When she was getting ready to fight Thug Rose at UFC Kansas City, I think it was in May of 17, I'm not exactly sure. But she, like... She likes saying it's the thuggish ruggish bone, uh, by Bone Thugs and Harmony, of course. It's the thuggish ruggish bone. Oh, that was horrible. Sorry about that. Uh, anyway, she's a funny fucking gal. Josh Sanchez says that uh, he gave it a seven and a half because the Sadiq Yusuf versus Shaman Marais fight, he, he kept zoning out during it. And yep. Rob's pink slip says he's going to cut Jessica Aguilar. I think Jessica Aguilar should be retiring. This is a fight I didn't pay that close of attention to either, but in the first round, Jessica Aguilar had an armbar attempt on Marina Rodriguez that was very, very close. 
Marina got out of it and then was landing fucking huge strikes at a distance. Right hands on Aguilar's face, which swelled Aguilar's face all up. She's obviously tough as fuck. She kept walking forward until the final bell. But she would get in tight, and Rodriguez would near the face, near the body. Uh, they they separate and circle, and Rodriguez just savaged on her, battered the shit out of Jessica Aguilar. Um, and I don't know. This is one of those cases like a new co- show. This was Rodriguez's UFC debut. And this is one of those cases where somebody comes into the UFC, uh, like when someone came in against Andre Uhl came in against uh, Henan Burrell and beat Henan Burrell. And we just don't know what to make of that fight because Henan Burrell was so washed that you could pick any debutante to beat him. So... Even though, as Mr. R says, Rodriguez looked fantastic, yes, but it's against a really aging, uh, not very diverse, but really, really fucking tough Jessica Aguilar, who has now lost two fights in a row, and she's um, only one in four in her UFC career. Yeah, I don't know what to make of the overall... I don't know what to make of Marina Rodriguez after this fight. Great performance, but I don't know what to think of her moving forward. You know, You know what I'm saying? Um, and Ross Pearson needs cut to or retire. He got knocked out in the fight before that against Desmond Green. Um, I think it was a, a jab hook, a jab wide right combination. Or it was a jab straight. Anyway, Desmond Green hurt Ross Pearson early with a, like a, just a one-two combination. And then... He didn't finish the fight there, but he went in on a on a trip takedown, got Ross Pearson to belly down, got on all fours, and just fucking rained down the the hooks, you know, from the referee position on Ross Pearson against the fence, and eventually went boom, slept him. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't know what to make this Desmond Green performance. I mean, he's gotten a decision every time except for now into the UFC, and he sure he knocked out a really aging and. Uh, a guy that's taken a lot of damage. So I don't know what's next for, for Desmond Green. Before that, Kevin Aguilar defeated Enrique Barzola, 29-28 across the board. Before that, Kevin Holland versus Gerald, GM3, Nearshart. Um, this was, this the first round of that fight was fucking insane to me. I liked watching it. So a lot of people talked about it. it was sloppy and it was very a low-level MMA. You know, there wasn't any fight IQ going on. Um, but Gerald Mearshart wanted to get the fight to the ground, and he wanted to work his submissions. Kevin Holland should have wanted to keep the fight at a distance um, and use his lengthy, diverse striking attack. He's got like an 82-inch reach or something. But instead, he kept getting taken down by Gerald Mearshart. But there were five submission choke attempts in the first five minutes of the fight. That was like, that's a what-the-fuck of the card. How many possible choke attempts could there be without one being successful? I think there were probably at least eight choke attempts in that fight total and none of them were successful uh kevin holland was talking to the crowd while mearshart was searching for a takedown against the fence he was like kind of leaning against the fence and the crowd was booing and kevin holland's like hey i'm sorry it's not my fault he just wants to hump me and he said the same thing in his post-fight interview um It was overall a really sloppy fight. The third round consisted of Mearshart just really, really searching for a takedown against the fence and not finding it. But the the fun, like, Kevin Holland went for a guillotine on Mearshart. Looked like it was pretty tight. He had the high elbow on it. 
and Mearshart fought his way out of it, got a little loose, but then he was in the Von Pru or the St. Pru choke like position, and he was trying to work for that, but Kevin Holland got out of that. Then Mearshart went for a guillotine, and Holland got out of that. Uh, Mearshart goes for a rear naked choke, and Kevin Holland gets out of that. Just, it was really, really fun um, in those weird-ass grappling exchanges. On the feet, Kevin Holland was hurting Mearshart a little bit, and Mearshart was tired as fuck. He would go in on the sloppiest goddamn takedowns possible, and uh, got him. Okay, yeah, let's look at the uh, post-fight bonuses. June's here with him. Do 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 do. I don't know. Okay, we got Desmond Green got an extra fifty thousand dollars. Paul Craig got an extra fifty thousand for his Hail Mary. Josh Emmett for his knockout. And where's the fourth one going? And Jack the Joker Hermanson got a. Fi I call bullshit. I call bullshit right now. Not on you, June, of course. But how in the mother... Oh. Wait, are you saying what you would give, June? Or are those the real ones? Because that's an extra... That's, that's a... What's five bonuses? Wow, June, June will uh, get us figured out here. There... I know, if some of you... Those are the real ones. Those are the real bonuses. Oh my god. So they actually gave out $250,000 instead of $200,000. Where, where did you find that? Anyway. I've got a... UFC on ESPN. Where's... I hate when the scroll bar doesn't work. Hold on one second. Um, the article's in drafts on Bloody Elbow right now. Okay, the real post-fight bonuses per Ariel Helwani are Herm Hermanson for his uh, guillotine choke over David Branch, Paul Craig for his Hail Mary triangle choke on Kennedy and Jukuwu, and fight of the night went to Barboza versus Gaethje. Thank goodness. The reason why I was so concerned about that, sorry for not believing you, June, and I'm sorry for the, the lack of audio coming through at you guys, the little lull there, is H Money, the boxing voice, says this is the best MMA show, and I appreciate the shit out of that. Thank you so much. But Justin Gaethje needs to keep his streak of that was his fifth fight in the UFC. He needs to get his sixth bonus. I think that is just a fucking wild statistic. The guy has more post-fight bonuses than he's had fights in the UFC because on uh, one of them he had fight of the night and and uh, I think it was Michael Johnson. He got fight of the night and performance bonus for finishing Michael Johnson. What bonuses I would give, those are the real ones. Fight of the night for Barboza versus Gaethje. That's crazy. The fight lasted only uh, 2 minutes and 30 seconds, but it got fight of the night. That is fascinating. The bonuses I would give out are the ones that finished. Because on this show, we're not actually giving anybody any money at all. Here's a my, Here are my five post-fight bonuses. And in the comment section, I need you guys to give me what your real ones are. 
I would give Justin Gaethje a performance bonus for his knockout in the main event. I would give Jack Hermanson a post-fight bonus for his submission. I would give Josh Emmett for his overhand right knockout of Michael Johnson. I would give one to Desmond Green for his finish of Ross Pearson. And I would give one to Paul Craig for his finish of Kennedy and Jukuwu. Josh Sanchez would give the bonuses to Gaethje, Hermanson, Emmett, and Craig, of course. So basically, we're all in agreement. We're giving the post-fight bonuses to the guys who got finishes. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, Rob. Uh, honorable mention performance bonus goes to Michelle Watterson. If she would have got that arm bar that she almost had at the end of round two, I believe, she would be definitely getting an extra 100 no, an extra $50,000. Okay, we're getting ready to get out of here, but let's talk just for a brief moment about the card that we have, not next week, but in two weeks on April the 13th, 2019, UFC 236. The main event is an interim lightweight title fight between the featherweight champion, Max Blessed Holloway, and challenger, I guess. Always fun to fucking watch, Dustin the Diamond Poirier. Co-main event, interim middleweight title fight between Kelvin on a mission for gold, Gastelum, and Israel, the last style bender, out of fucking Sanya. Little tidbit here. In every single fight that has happened recently, where there's a, like, a, it's a high profile fight, where there's a lighter fighter fighting a heavier fighter at the heavier weight class, or even at the lighter weight class, the lighter guy has won. We're talking Daniel Cormier knocking out Stipe Miocic. Uh, we're talking. Henry the Messenger Cejudo knocking out TJ Killashaw Dillashaw. We're talking about Tiago Mejeta Santos moving up from 185 to 205. Talking about Anthony Lionheart fucking Smith moving up from 185 to 205. So that leads me to my point here. Do you think that streak continues? Will Max Holloway dust the diamond? in the main event of UFC 237 and claim interim gold and a chance to fight well-known bully Habib the Eagle Nurmagomedov Nurmagomedov Josh Sanchez said he would give a bonus to whoever the fuck could understand Paul Craig during his post-fight interview yeah yeah that guy that hat is one thick fucking accent. It's crazy to me how dialects regionally, you might, you can't even understand them at all. It's wild to me. Josh says Holloway via submission in round one over Dustin Poirier. I do think I'm going to pick Max Holloway to win, but there's that. Okay. Well, let's get the fuck out of here. Please give the video a thumbs up. My goal this week is going to be 100 thumbs up on the video. It would mean a lot to me. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. I'll be back in two weeks for uh, a top three fights to watch for UFC 236. And also, I'll be here doing a live play-by-play -play result stream during the main card portion of UFC 236 because it is a pay-per-view. Follow me on Twitter, at J and let's talk some shit. Not, not shit, but let's talk back and forth about... The UFC on ESPN2 post-fight press conference, which as soon as I hit end here, I'm going to start um, watching over there. Thanks again, guys, and I'll see you later on. Namaste.
Namaste, namaste, and drink this here. Tank 7 by Boulevard Ooey Gooey. It's so fantastic.